Good morning, Debbie. Good morning, Kendall. Episode 39 has arrived. Are you excited? I'm excited. I can't believe it's already 39. It's almost 40. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. We say this every time we get on the I show. Know, I mean, like, I know. like it's just a ma- the magic number. I can't believe it's 39. <laughs> but you know, it's because we love we love doing this. It's a fun way to play and be with people that we know are doing meaningful work and. Um, and then we get to talk. Who doesn't like to talk? I kind of like to talk. So, um, so Spiritual Charlotte, episode 39. And who we have on the show today is our friend Katie Jo Sutton, which it's hard to describe everything that Katie Jo Sutton does. We already need the Rob Bell Bell in here. We do. So she said Katie's name. I'm like, where's the bell? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Katie Jo is... Um, a practitioner in Charlotte who I think that we've known for a couple years. She is um, somebody that we ran into in a, at the Blakeney house mm-hmm. when they did. And uh, actually, we knew her before then. I can't remember, but she's always you'll always find her with her um, sacred sound set up with all of her crystal bowls and her um, instruments. And she works with um, her husband. They do this together. And sometimes not. And so you just run into her everywhere, I feel like, when she's doing her healing work with sound. But um, Katie Jo is an intuitive healer and meditation coach. And that's that's really an oversimplified way to talk about her work. So we are going to get into everything that she does today. But um, one of the things that we got impassioned about um, sometime after she came to our house blessing here at Lighthouse Spiritual Center was that... You know, she has been, like many women, been somebody that has kind of lived two different lives, worked in the corporate world and and tried to survive in that way, like so many of us have to, Mm -hmm. and then also had this really robust spiritual life where she was being called to be this spiritual teacher and develop... um, um, as as a light worker mm-hmm. and and that's a difficult road to take and mm-hmm. so um, she has so much insight and she is she coaches women that are in that exact situation and you and I know what that situation is like yeah we've we've yeah. walked that path ourselves so yeah. we look forward to if, if today if you're somebody who is uh, working you know in a, a, a standard traditional job um, or you've recently left that atmosphere or been let go of that, that world, um, this conversation may bring you a lot of hope and talk about some of the things in that journey that, are the, that you'll realize you're not alone. So mm-hmm. before we get going with, um, with Katie, what are some things that we want to mention to our listeners maybe happening here at our home base, which is Lighthouse Spiritual Center in Mooresville? Yeah, well, let's just go over the can- calendar real quickly. Um, and all this information is on our website, lighthousespiritualcenter.com. Under the classes and events tab, you can find more description and ways to register for these classes and, and things that are coming up. So tomorrow on the 13th, we do have um, Community Days Restorative Yoga with Shannon O'Boyle. And that's at 10 o'clock in the morning to 1130. It's a very gentle yoga class. Um, bring a journal too because she combine some contemplation along with the practice and um, I've taken the class Kendall you've taken the class and beyond words how relaxing and supportive and it's semi-private 
Yeah. Yeah, semi-private. So it's a small class, and right now it's community days, community days pricing, so it's only $10 a class. Um, but there's more information on the website. Um, tomorrow night, uh, there's Grief Circle from 6 to 7, and Compassion Experience from 7 to 8. We have, did you want to say anything about that particularly? Yeah, I'll just say that Grief Circle is a, is a talk circle for people who are grieving, and um, it follows a traditional Grief Circle format, so it's a very safe place with really good guidelines and boundaries. The reason why you would want to come to Grief Circle is that grief needs to be voiced and witnessed and validated. In a, in a place where you can um, be safe to do that. Mm -hmm. And so that is a free experience. We do it uh, second Wednesdays of every month. Immediately following, Compassion Experience is a silent experience where you're able to go into a sacred space that we've set up for you. We leave the instructions for you, and you're able just to honor that grief. And then we are available in a separate area of our building. going on so um moving right along because um the real purpose of today is to talk to katie joe welcome to the show katie thank you thank you. thank you i'm excited to be here i know it's been a long time coming so i'm excited for this yes yeah and thank you for listening to us um our long-winded um we have to get that out of the way but i just you know i think this topic is so exciting because you're you're telling a story that I think so many women can relate to. Mm -hmm. And it's such a, I have found this journey of working in one world and really your heart being in another mm -hmm. and how do they crisscross and how do they not mm -hmm. as being um, some that it leads to some tearful nights. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and some days where you don't know how you can sit at your desk. <laughs> and then some re-energizing of, okay, okay, I'm, I, you know, I, I got to reprioritize. I got to reset myself. So, um, talk to us about why this is on your heart and and your story. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say since about April, my focus has been living an authentic life to me. Um, one of my favorite sayings is "Authenticity is the new beautiful," and I really strongly believe that vulnerability goes right along with that. Um, and for me, you know, I've been in corporate America for about 11 years. So I graduated from college, went right into the corporate job. Growing up, always was a go-getter. I was managing a jewelry store six months into working there when I was 15. So that's been me. Um, and that was kind of largely the identity that I had created was this kind of go-getter, overachiever, always working, always managing, always leading kind of mentality. And... Um, it really took a toll on my health. Um, a couple of years into corporate America, I had had shingles. I had been diagnosed with Graves' disease, a thyroid disorder that basically is induced by stress in your 20s, if, if it happens in your 20s. And um, my mom had had the same thing about the time that she was giving birth to me. And so I saw myself going down a road that wasn't really you know, good for me. And I credit my husband, um, Josh, for saying, hey, maybe you should go back to yoga. And I had dabbled in and out of yoga for years. 
And, um, you know, as that came back into my life, other things started to shift. As they say, yoga kind of brings in a shift for a lot of people. Mm. And so as I started to get healthy, I started to realize that there was a corporate persona that I had created that really wasn't authentic to me. And so in April of this year, um, when I turned 33, I said, okay, this year is about me being me, me being my authentic self. And I said, universe, please help me with as much grace and ease as possible to release the things that are no longer authentic. And I'll tell you, you know, I got what I asked for in many ways. Um, a month into that, I went through a grieving process of this inauthentic facade that I had created or persona inside me to survive in a male-dominated corporate environment. And, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It was how I had worked my way up the ladder, but it didn't, it no longer felt congruent with who I was. Mm -hmm. So as that began to fall away and I went through grieving and you mentioned the grieving circle earlier and I thought, you know, it's important to state that sometimes we can grieve pieces of ourselves falling away. And that was very much the case for me. Mm -hmm. um, and then just within the last couple of weeks, the universe gave me what I asked for, which was to release the job that was no longer in alignment with my values and bring in some space for me to kind of recharge. So I got released from my job a couple of weeks ago and got a nice severance package. And I have the next four months to figure out what my next steps are and take charge of myself, which is really an amazing gift. So I'm really excited about that. <clears throat> We're really excited about it for you. Yeah, <laughs> it's just beautiful. Thank you. Well, you know, you brought up a, a couple of things. I mean, one is that, um, you know, you eventually grew, sounds like, to a point. You got connected enough with yourself that at least you could put your toe in with mm. a new intention. Totally. Maybe being afraid it wasn't going to happen, you know, mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't want this to happen too soon, mm -hmm. but, I, but I want to just kind of put it, the seed out there that I might need this to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Isn't that normally how it works? <laughs> just putting a little, you're, you're almost afraid to utter out loud because, because yeah. you want it to happen on your own terms that, yeah. that sort of split from, mm -hmm. so your intention you said was that you, you wanted to live authentically in every way. Mm -hmm. What do you think the hardest thing is whenever you are living a life where you are going um, inside to explore yourself and you, uh, your whole paradigm in your personal life is mostly spiritual or all spiritual? And what do you think the hardest part is whenever you go into work every day? Mm, sure, sure. Yeah, um, I think for me, for a long time, the hardest part was that I felt like I was literally two people. And, you know, the more that I sat with that, I realized, no, I'm not actually two people. I'm the same person. I just put on a different face sometimes to work with certain individuals in corporate America. But then it was a beautiful blessing when I began to teach yoga. I'm an aerial yoga instructor down at B Yoga in South Charlotte. And um, it was beautiful because as soon as people found out that I was a yoga instructor, that was a safe topic. And people in corporate America then began to speak to me in a different way, and I be able, was able to connect with people at a deeper level. So I think that was a huge gift and an opening. But, you know, the other thing that people don't always talk about is that in your personal life, even sometimes people will fall away. 
And I crave a deep connection with people. I don't want to have a conversation about the weather. I'll start out there maybe. But I want to understand what makes you happy and what lights you up. And I want to connect with you at a heart level. And some people just are not ready for that connection. And I had some people, you know, in my personal life that maybe have fallen away and new ones have come in that are supporting me in this work. And so it wasn't just on the corporate side. It was kind of a holistic view of, of a resettling into who I am and then the pieces came in around that. So the grieving process literally happens on lots of different levels or different planes or in different places. Yes. So um, the grieving of losing relationships, mm-hmm. once you finally kind of realize that that's what's happening, yeah. the grieving of the self. Mm-hmm. that and, and I think for a lot of people you know, stepping in, it's like it takes a while to even realize that that's what's happening. There's this fear that sets in, okay, something's different, something's changed. I kind of don't know what it is. It's really scaring me because this doesn't feel right. Something over here just doesn't feel right anymore. But but what does that mean? That means it's like during the headlights, my whole entire life is probably going to change. And, and how do I do that? How do I? Mm. And there's a lot of reconciling that has to happen. And grief is a distinct part of that process. And who wants to grieve? Who wants mm. to go through that process? Who wants to lose something that they've held dear or held close or that has been a part of them. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's important for us to allow that grief to come up and out. Mm-hmm. So many of us will tamp it down. Mm-hmm. And and there's also a self-judgment that comes in mm-hmm. when we are seeing ourselves distance, being distanced from somebody that we were close with. And then we go into mm-hmm. the space of self-judgment and, well, I need to be friends with everybody all the time. I can't let these relationships fall away. But as you tap into your heart and you feel anything that feels constrictive to me is my answer that says, okay, maybe I need to really look at this. And that doesn't mean that it has to fall away, but it may need to change. And so anything that feels expansive to me is what I want more of. And I invite more of that in. And to me, that is the manifestation consciousness because as we move into that space of expansion, then all of the things that we need in our life to support us in our path will start to come in. Yeah, and you know, I've, I've I've talked to other people in our in our affiliate Lighthouse Marketing. You know, I help um, people who are in this tran- this transition, and they're starting these businesses, and they're they a lot of them have just moved out of that identity that they've been in for 20, 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. And a common thing that I think is a truth in the situation you just touched on it is that when you go to manifest an entirely different, it's like you're birthing your, yourself. <laughs> yeah. Again, there's a rebirth happening. Mm-hmm. Energetically, it's not possible, I don't believe, to, you're gonna reach a point where it's not possible to even be where you were anymore. Yeah. Energetically, you no longer align with the energy of the people at large mm-hmm. in the corporation. You don't energetically align with the corporation. And, uh, and so what happens is, because you haven't fully stepped out yet, naturally there's conflict. Mm. There's energetic conflict, right? Yeah. Which is always the catalyst because in your right mind, you're not just going to go into work one day perfectly peaceful <laughs> and happy and say, well, this job just doesn't work for me anymore. Yeah. Conflict is the catalyst. Mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. And then, and so 
once you realize, oh, energetically, this just is not even possible anymore, and that's mm -hmm. why there's conflict, then it helps you to see how the universe is assisting that process, and you don't have to take it so personally. Yes, yes. You know? And so, um, it doesn't mean that you don't grieve. It doesn't mean that it's not confusing, but at least you can step back and see, oh, wait a minute. I remember when I left this world, I had to look at it as I had had a plug, I had a plug that was in a circuit. And, or in a, what do you call them? Is that a circuit? I don't Socket. Know. Socket. Socket. <laughs> Close enough. Socket. And that, that I had been plugged in there and that involved a whole, a whole community. It involved a whole way of being. Um, it was a little bit for me and possibly a lot fight or flight. I had been a fight or flight for a really long time. I paid for it with my health. This was a whole like energetic, um, universe. When I finally, after conflict, uh, was sort of forced to take the plug out and then I realized oh I have the power actually to take the plug out mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I actually want to take the plug out I need to take it out it allowed me to hold my own plug and be like now this plug has to go over here mm -hmm. yes. and then it was very purposeful and powerful and um, the middle in between mm. of taking that plug out nobody ever talks about that <laughs> yeah they don't talk about all that it's all that I feel like um, I've just lost my community. I mm -hmm. feel like I'm the odd man out. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm, what's wrong with me that I can't just do what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's not talked about enough. I read so many books where people are talking about how they were here and then they're here, you know, and they've made this huge leap, but the messy bit in the middle, I don't think is discussed. And to me, that's the most important part because that's where we truly see the pieces of ourselves that are authentic to us and the pieces that aren't because it's really about yourself, right? Nobody's brought on this planet to save the world. That's what one of my teachers always says. I've never actually looked at anybody's dharma and said they're supposed to save the world. It's really about us finding ourselves and being in our heart place. And so I think it's just being really authentic to that process and whatever it looks like for you. And I also just want to mention that, you know, you don't have to leave corporate America to do this. Um, one of the things that has come into my awareness in the last two weeks as this process is unfolding I put out to the universe that I want to look at options to merge these two worlds because I feel very strongly that corporate people are my people. You know, these are the people that I need to help. And so what has come in very quickly are three or four companies that I've interviewed with that said, hey, we see all of you and we want you to bring more than just your job. We want you to bring the mindfulness. We want you to bring these other things. And so I think the possibilities are infinite if we can allow ourselves to just be a little vulnerable and share who we are. Um, I just saw an interview with Brene Brown on the way up here right before I left, and she's got a new book coming out. And one of the things that she talks about is that it's important when we're trying to belong that we also realize we can stand out. And that vulnerability of standing out, I think, is really important. And that's what I want to share with people, that it's okay to be who you are, regardless of the setting that you're in. And you may have to tweak it. You may have to know your audience. But there's always an element of your true self that you can bring to any conversation, in my opinion. That is so important. Yeah. It's a really important. Brene Brown, I think, is on a lot of people's minds this morning. <laughs> I just want to say you're the, you're the third person. To, <laughs> and we're going to see her tomorrow night. Oh, or Thursday night. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Perfect timing. I know. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but that is, that is something that we don't, we don't want to leave out because I think that's the birth of conscious business that we see mm. in the United States right now is an awareness that these things can merge yeah. and, and should, and should merge. And they should, yeah. yeah. We, we, the conversation, um, 
starts crumbling when we villainize corporate America. Mm, that's right. And that's not yes, fair. Yes, that's yes, not yes, fair. yes. And it's the same thing with our minds. We don't want to, vil- one of my teachers just told me about, you know, we shouldn't be vilifying our minds when we're sitting down to, mer- to meditate. And I feel as if, you know, we don't want to vilify corporate America. We don't want to vilify our jobs because for many of us, our jobs allow us to explore spirituality mm-hmm. at a deeper level that we wouldn't be able to. Mm-hmm. And so it really is about the alignment. And then when you're not feeling in alignment, that's where the self-care comes in. That's where the practice come in, comes in. And so it's important that you have some sort of practice that allows you to come back to that due north, that compass at the mm-hmm. center of your heart of who you really are, mm-hmm. so that then you can mm-hmm. propel yourself forward regardless of the situation. Right, yeah, you can build yourself up mm-hmm. and support yourself in that realm. doesn't mean you have to walk away from your day job, whatever your day job is. Yeah. There can be a unification of that, Absolutely. a blending of that to make it all work. So, you mm-hmm. know, you don't, not everybody has to quit their day job <laughs> and go do this other thing. Yeah. I mean, that's that's an option and a possibility, but it's yeah. not like the only way. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and absolutely. I think it's just important for us to, to know that, hey, there's reality. We've got to operate in reality. We've got to be out in the real world. Yeah. And not everything can be. It's, I liken it to when I go to a retreat experience and I'm in a bubble. And then I leave that retreat experience and I'm like, gosh, how do I reintegrate? And that reintegration is so important because those pieces that you learn at that retreat, you want to carry into your life, but you also have to operate in the real world. Otherwise, you know, why even go to the retreat, right? Yeah, that's, that is such a, like a Buddhist concept. It's like, it's, that's a say before, after the ecstasy, the laundry, yeah. like, like you, like, which is the title of a book that, that many of us know about. But it's it, it really is that... Um, you take it like you, there's some a Buddhist theology or, or that a belief that says something to the effect of um, if you want to know how to reach enlightenment, like go home and love your family. Mm, you know yeah, what I mean? There's yeah. that real. And when Debbie and I, you know, went through some of this, and of course our path has led us here. That's mm-hmm. our path. But um, one of the things I remember us talking about is just if you can bring gratitude to yes. what. It has provided you. Yes. While yes. you were there, while you've been here, and mm-hmm. you're right. So a lot of the stuff we want to do is not possible without. It's like the universe has gifted that as well, mm-hmm. and there. And what are what are the gifts available? Mm-hmm. But can you talk about for a minute people who are um, going to stay, you know, in their in their jobs, mm-hmm. and and you mentioned practices, mm-hmm. but. And you mentioned red flags, like health red flags and practices. What are some things that when you're in the job that can bring balance or brought you balance? Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was, I had to find my movement practice. So for me, it was yoga and I teach aerial yoga, which you hang upside down and you can't take yourself seriously. So there's some amusement that came in with that. (laughs) But, you know, I think it's a movement practice it's some sort of mindfulness practice. I don't want to say you have to sit down and meditate for 20 minutes a day. That's not the way I teach meditation. I teach meditation for a purpose where we're actually sitting down and doing some work on our bodies to clear out whatever's come in from our day. So I believe very strongly that a lot of us that are on this spiritual path are um, much more of a sponge than we realize. And so it's important to just acknowledge how much of other people's energies are affecting us 
and have a practice to clear that out. Because if we don't, we will find ourselves on an emotional roller coaster. And if we really tap in, we start to begin to realize those are other people's emotions. So I strongly believe kind of ownership of self and your energy, clearing everybody else's stuff out via some practice is really important. And then also just finding a community and a connection. So going to events that you wouldn't normally go to, learning new skills. I'm a lifelong learner and I'm a lifelong reader. So anything that kind of interests me, I'll pick up a book on it and then I'll dive in and then lo and behold, the universe will give me a workshop on it and then maybe I begin to teach it. So I, I think it's just important to have a level of childlike curiosity about spirituality and that amusement that you bring into that practice of the curiosity also can kind of start to feed into your work because then you become passionate about a topic and then you will find people, I guarantee, in your corporate space that are passionate about similar topics or want to know about it, right? We don't want to just sit down and talk about the weather with our coworkers. We want to talk about what lights us up. And if you are lit up by something, somebody's going to pay attention. So that spark and that passion is really important, I think. It totally is. It's more yeah. coming out of the closet. Yeah. yeah. It's coming at <laughs> one of the one, it, yeah, one yeah. of the teachers that I, I read from is, you know, she talks about coming out of the spiritual closet. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful that yoga was an, a door opener for me. And meditation has become a door opener yeah. for me. So many people, especially on the left coast, you know, are all about meditation and mindfulness and that's starting to make its way into the south and i'm hoping to usher in some of that mm -hmm. but it's an acceptable topic because we don't want to vilify the mind we want to use the mind to grow our businesses and do our jobs mm -hmm. but we also need to learn how to work with the mind and meditation is a great practice for that well, and I, yeah <laughs> I, well i think because we're in bodies we're we're yeah. in bodies and so people understand they might not understand the heavy the headiness or mm -hmm. the theology or the abstraction of spirituality but they'll understand how to get to something that feels good in their body correct and um mm -hmm. and i love what you say once you're passionate about something people people will notice they'll take notice of that there'll be opportunities for you to work within the construct of where you are mm -hmm. to kind of spread that light around absolutely a absolutely. little bit what were you going to say Doug? i was just going to say i mean you're the things that you're talking about are part of our mission statement and you know being a place where people can learn how to live an undivided life it's incorporating all the parts of self mm. yeah. yeah so true so true and for me you know the other thing is that people come to my sound workshops and I have people from all walks of life that will come in and experience sound I always say that sound is the great equalizer because everybody can experience it and then they can have a physical experience in their body when they begin to resonate with these sounds and then that kind of sparks something for them to ask a question afterwards well what was that why did that feel like this and yeah. then I might be able to weave in the energy centers or a few other things and so it's kind of a good way to dip your toe mm -hmm. and so sound along with yoga has been a great way for me to kind of bring people in you know to those worlds seed planting yeah seed planting Plant right the seeds. and i think that's why sound healing uh events are so popular right yes. now because yeah. it's everybody cannot it's accessible yeah they're they feel it they hear it they're like oh this is so um you know i love <laughs> so i all the time when we talk to people who are sponges and empathic <laughs> and and which ultimately that's that's like the perfect um soil to be a spiritual person or live a spiritual life because that life is normally more heart-centered yes. than most paths but when we we talk to our people is how I'll say it um, 
they most of them will say well I just really don't talk about the weather very well I'll do it for a minute just like you said <laughs> but then we need to get down to, that is not just me <laughs> yeah we'll get down to the, the real thing and I always felt like an alien in the room whenever I worked in um, the other world I don't even know how to say I don't want to create a divide but in some ways it is another a whole nother world and um, I always felt like an alien because I just, I, I, I could never jive with 90% of the conversation that would happen around me or, or 90% of the interaction. I always was trying to find a way to go a little bit deeper. Mm. And of course, there's a point where it's just not the time or place. And yeah. so I never really was satiated or satisfied because, mm. and coincidentally, I think a lot of people work in health and wellness, mm. healthcare. Because it's the physical way to be mm. with people, right? To be with them in a more intimate way. Um, so I've heard that people say before that people who are nurses and, and doctors and medical people are kind of like, they're kind of like a, uh, angels in a way mm. that are like, there's a spiritual aspect to that that's not being fully expressed. It's being expressed through medical care. Right, right. Is that making sense? Have it you does. Heard that before? It does, yeah. And and I often feel like I'm a bridge. or I, I used to call myself the glue stick because I used to glue people <laughs> together in corporate America. And I used to like say, hey, you should talk to this person about that opportunity or whatever. <laughs> and so even my boss at one point was calling me the glue stick. So I took it as a compliment. But um, I, I think it's important to realize that, you know, especially if you're in a management or leadership position, what I learned is that I could change the way I was managing and leading people. Mm-hmm. So I've always been a leader. I was a project manager and then I became a program manager and then I became a true manager. And to me, the types of people that I would bring onto my team or would be attracted to my team and then the way that I could connect with them and spend just a couple of minutes really connecting with them every time I spoke with them mm-hmm. is important. And I feel that you can absolutely start to affect the culture at a company from the middle up, right? It can be difficult, especially if at the very top there's just no level of them understanding it. But most of the work happens in the middle. And so if you're a manager or you're working with a manager and you can truly connect with people around you and your projects or whatever you're working on, I think that's a way for you to bridge the gap and start Mm -hmm. to create your own community within this corporate community that you're a part of. And it absolutely can happen. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit of the allowing and the asking for the support of that too. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're the only one stepping out because everyone else is too afraid to... Mm -hmm bring that authenticness to mm-hmm. the table in that work environment. Mm-hmm. Everybody kind of um, falls into the same behavior patterns that they are witnessing, Yeah, either from upper management or staff below or mm-hmm. their coworkers. And, um, but it's, it's taking that one step. Yeah. Yeah. It's about vulnerability and authenticity. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, you might have to take a chance and say something that you wouldn't normally say. And there's always a way to read the energy of the room. And I think that mindfulness and presence, the more we cultivate that, the easier it is for us to connect with somebody and really understand exactly what they need to hear in that moment that will spark that interest in that connection. And so for me, that's always come, come naturally and it's built into a bigger practice for me with the, the mindfulness and meditation that I practice. Oh, I know why. I know why you work with the corporate people. I'm like, yes, more workshops on this. Well, because I mean, you articulate it so well, and and the um, the thing is, I always felt that it was like you were fighting the monster of fight or flight. Mm. 
there are some companies where the culture is still it's very much a, a hierarchy mm-hmm. and it's a fight or flight and people learn the behaviors that'll make sure that they don't get fired and they can move up mm-hmm. and everybody's kind of in this big amoeba like doing mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. in the same and sometimes the monster's too big it's mm-hmm. just not the right place for you yeah. And then other times, I love what you said, I'll never forget this, that most of the work happens in the middle. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget you said that. That is because if you can create a culture within a culture, um, there's a lot more hope for that. Yeah, and I I think it's, um, for me, it it is about just allowing that to happen. It's not so important that you have, you don't have to change the whole culture, right? But I always tell my my clients that are working in my self-healing program that, you know, they're like, gosh, well, this person's acting like this and I can't control that. No, you can't. All you can control is your reaction. Mm -hmm. So the more self-care and self-work that you do, when you're in a chaotic and stressful situation, you can have a level head and you can be the example. So I always tell people to be the example of peace, right? So that when you're in a chaotic situation, and believe me, I have managed some very chaotic projects in my day for technology companies, and you can be the calm in the storm and then low slowly everybody starts to match your vibration right Mm -hmm. everybody calms down and there's a reason why people gravitate towards you and i used to call myself the therapist for a little while before i was the glue stick because people would come to me (laughs) with all their problems right Right. but it is a matter of you setting that resonant vibration for whatever room that you're in and i believe that everything comes back to vibration i think there's no mystery as to why sound is so important to me because everything is vibration and so if you come into that room and you say okay I'm gonna breathe and I'm gonna set the space that this is not gonna be chaotic and I'm gonna kind of mock that up if you will then everybody can start to shift and the people that don't shift they're gonna start to go into a place of fear and contraction and that's when you need to come forward with compassion and seeing their behavior with compassion and not meeting it with strife and struggle Oh, yeah. We sometimes come across people who, uh, I've had this conversation the last week, where it's hard for them to be in any workplace because of how sensitive they are. Yes. Yeah. And um, and to me, that is really a skill set of learning how to have healthy boundaries mm-hmm. as a sensitive person. Yes. But I also think that for some people, that those just aren't the right environments. Yeah. I mean, they're just not. There's a simpler work environment for them. Um, and I think everyone has to kind of seek out support and then make that call. But there is a real skill set. It's not yeah. like you're born knowing how to be in work environments. No. At all. <laughs> I, I was mean, bad at it for years. That's why I was so sick. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. So I want to ask you, though, about... Uh, work abuse because mm-hmm. I feel like work abuse is very real. I feel like that um, sometimes when people have been somewhere for a long time and they finally leave or they get let go or there's a, they get fired, that uh, they have to go through like this healing process mm-hmm. because they dealt with possibly a management team mm-hmm. that was not healthy, that made uh, there were poor leaders that made decisions that. Um, really made their nervous system shut down every time. And I feel like work abuse can be very real. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've certainly experienced it, um, you know, in many different forms. 
And I think, you know, in the last couple of weeks, now that this job has fallen away, my husband was laughing at me because we were on our way back from um, a yoga festival. And I kept picking up my phone to check my work email, but I don't have work email anymore. <laughs> so there's a level, and, and I use the word programming, and I don't want it to freak anybody out by that, but there's a level of programming that happens where we kind of have this knee-jerk reaction. Mm -hmm. And so I think you're absolutely right. You know, it's important to realize that there may be an environment that is just not healthy. And that's when you have to go within and say, okay, what do I really want? Mm -hmm. Because if you haven't figured out what you want, the universe can't provide it for you. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it is very much when you start to manifest what you want to call in about having a clear channel. And sometimes in order to have a clear channel, that means that you need to go into kind of a cocoon for a couple of weeks mm -hmm. or take a sabbatical or whatever you need to do to get your head right. And to get the support that you need to clear all of that energy out. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what I work with clients on is trauma. So when I look at a person's energy field, I see trauma in their body and I actually see it as a structure. And so that can be from somebody degrading you in a workplace or it can be something that you experienced when you were young. Trauma doesn't have to be huge. It's something that triggers you that then you build a structure around that then drives your emotions and your behaviors. So that is very real and something that can easily be released if we have the right tools to do so. I think about um, that sometimes, I think a lot of times, our parent relationships, if there was trauma in our parent relationships mm -hmm. or issues there, that when we go into the work world, mm -hmm. that we sometimes pick employers and managers that are just like our parents. <laughs> yeah. And so that wound is reopened. We reopened. I remember being in my 20s and working for people that were, you couldn't pay me a million dollars. I'd scoff at I'd scoff at the idea of working for that person today. I'd be like, you've got to be, you're out of your mind. Mm. Um, but I thought this was just how it was. Mm. And I tolerated it and I put up with it because I didn't know that, that, that there were um, communities, work communities that, that weren't like that. It was like a norm. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. then if you finally break out of that cycle, let's say 20 years later, like I did, I became an entrepreneur. I mean, I had to cocoon for almost a year to heal not just the pattern of work relationships mm -hmm. that were unhealthy parent models mm -hmm. over and over again, but uh, it kind of took takes can take some people all the way back to childhood. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. And then, you know, so for some people, I don't think they know that maybe there's trauma working, like you just said. Yeah, most people are very mm -hmm. unaware of it. You know, I it's very rare that I sit down in front of anybody that I can't see trauma in their body. And people hear trauma and they think, you know, major abuse, like sexual abuse, something like that. And no. The example that I always use is I had a, a music teacher that said, oh, you can't sing. So for years and years and years, I didn't sing. Well, I chant a lot now. And it wasn't until I started chanting that my thyroid and my throat area came back into balance. So that was a trauma that I then added other traumas on top of, right? So it's almost as if we create a homing beacon in the body mm -hmm. where we've had an experience and it's happened at just the right time that it has become a part of our energetic structure that then draws in other experiences. And so meditation and mindfulness, as you become aware of your triggers and what's mm -hmm. triggering you, then you can start to peel back the layers of the onions to that root trauma and clear that out. Debbie. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Where's the bell? Where's the bell? It's at the front counter. There you go. Yeah. yeah. There we go. That's the time. <laughs>
Um, and, you know, gathering those tools over time, that's the thing. I remember going, I did the same thing. Life fell apart. I went to yoga. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it seems like nothing much is happening. Nothing much is happening. You just keep doing your practices. I mean, you're just, li- you know, life is going up and down and up and down. But I swear that, that if you keep working at your practices, if you keep working at that new skill set, if you keep moving out of fight or flight, if you keep getting more authentic and vulnerable, I feel like there's these little moments that become like these breakthroughs. Yes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel like grace really shows up and mm-hmm. just all of a sudden you're never going back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah there's it's, a, it's, a bigger shift. Yeah. 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 That role, that reconditioning, the reprogramming, mm-hmm. retraining, whatever <laughs> languaging you want to put to it, it does. It takes a while. And that's why they call these things practices. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. practice, not perfect, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. It means you exactly. have to engage with it regularly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's important to understand that, you know, so I like to say that healing takes time, but then also I like to couch that with healing can happen overnight. So right. those big breakthrough moments that you talk about, I, I'm having them very often now. And things are manifesting very quickly. But it's very mm-hmm. much about me clearing my channel mm-hmm. and yeah. being open to that so that things can happen much more quickly. Right. So much so that I have to really think about before I put something out to the universe that it's going to come in fast. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I mean, the example I just used... Um, <laughs> I have a a car that I've had since high school, and I thought, oh, well, it might be nice to sell that just to have a little extra money. (laughs) A man shows up in my house that day with a wad of cash in his hand to buy my car. (laughs) So it can happen quickly, so be open to that, but also realize that sometimes healing certain old wounds can take some time Mm -hmm. and to be really gentle with yourself in that process. Yeah, and sometimes you can you can work through the process on your own, and sometimes you need the guidance of somebody who who can steer the boat for a little bit have yeah. to do a little bit of navigation for you to, to help you get there. Absolutely. Sometimes yeah. you just need somebody to put up the bumpers, as I say, just so you kind of know where to mm-hmm. move yeah. between. <clears throat> and I think for people that are natural leaders, you know, I, uh, I can relate to your, your path. That's been very much my path. But it's like th- they are the last to ask for help. Yes. Because yeah. it's yourself. Can you relate to this, Debbie? Mm-hmm. You're self, self-solver. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm fully capable of doing this. And, um, and it, can, it can be that. I remember my husband being on the other side of, of my big work shift and, and him saying, um, I've just gotten married. And I've been in single mom survivor mode. So it was always about you just need to put your head down and do it. And now I had a soft place to fall. Mm-hmm. And it took the programming a minute to be like, oh, you you have a soft place to fall. And he said, well, you trust in the universe, don't you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, and he's asking me these questions that are calling me to, to be like, this really is a a moment of trust. You gotta, you asked for it. Now you gotta fall, fall into it. So I have to bring this up because, um, I think it's a subject not to avoid. And it's been one important in my own life, but where do you think this male-dominated patriarchal energy um, falls in this conversation when it comes to work, work America? Oh boy, um, I've done a lot of healing around that topic. Um, I I real didn't realize how much anger I had around that until I began releasing this corporate persona that I had created, and I realized that I had created a almost a male persona. I tend to to kind of come into a room and take charge and take control. And for me, it was 
that was the way that I got noticed in corporate America because the very first table I sat down at in my first corporate job, I was number one, the youngest person there by at least 15 years. And number two, one of three women that were sitting there. And so I don't like to vilify it. And I think that it's shifting. And I think that there are plenty of examples of men that have tuned in enough to know that a shift is happening, just like my husband and like some of these men that I've been interviewing with recently at these these corporations. Mm-hmm. But it is important to acknowledge that that's there and that there is some safeguarding that we as women, strong women, have to do around that. And it doesn't mean that you have to go in with a suit of armor, but it does mean that you need to go in with your eyes really open and understand what's happening. And, you know, I always say that we've got um, a wonderful example as our, of our president of our shadow self. So I did a lot of work around my shadow self this year. And one of the pieces that came out was that there was some grieving that I had to do where I felt as if I was supporting the patriarchy by my behavior and the way I was creating, you know, space in corporate America. And so that wasn't authentic. As I tuned into that, I realized, no, that's really not me. That's just how I survive. And so it's just important to realize that that is a thing and it's something to be talked about, but we also don't want to come at men in the workplace and assume that that's what's going to happen. Because my experience has been, you know, nine out of 10 times, there is a good divine feminine behind that man. Sometimes you just got to eke it out, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you'll get that, you know, five to 10% that is just just not in that space. And that's where you ask the universe for help and say, hey, surround me with love and light. And... I also teach people how to do karmic work with them so that they can release any connections and ties Mm -hmm. so that it just becomes a quick interaction and then it's done. So I think there's ways that we can be supported in that and I think it's all shifting. Mm -hmm. So you said something and it made me think of um, street smarts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you take somebody who's used to like a non-city environment Mm -hmm. and then they go walking down the city streets, well, you learn not to walk between certain hours or you learn... You know, if you see somebody on the sidewalk, how to behave. You know, yep. you learn these different things. You learn to um, park under street lights. You learn to, you know, you just, it's street smarts. You yeah. learn some different skills yeah. for the environment that you're in. Right, right. It's not coming from a place of fear. Yeah. It's coming from a place of, hey, we're in a reality where we need to know where it's safe to be 100% vulnerable and where it's not. And I think that's the case in anything. It doesn't have to be a corporate setting. It can be... You know, just if you're out with friends at a bar, whatever it is, you know, you need to know your surroundings and understand mm-hmm. how safe you are to, to just be 100% vulnerable or not. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I think you've, you just mentioned some interesting tools with that. Um, you know, looking at kind of the karmic possibility that's there mm-hmm. and looking at... Um, you know, gauging what's happening in the room and mm-hmm. some other things that you mentioned. You know, I stay pretty um, fiery about this particular subject because, mm-hmm. number one, I, there's good healing that I can still do here. <laughs> yeah, we um, are. Two okay. is I compare it to, you know, what black people experience in our country. To me, um, who's, who's, who, whose responsibility is it? Mm. to heal this thing Mm. is it black people's responsibility or is it the people that um that uh kind of mow over that the the culture and is it the Mm -hmm. people that um refuse to come closer to the middle and is it the Mm. people that lack 
awareness that makes everybody else have to work harder because they you know and so when i think about the the patriarchal and i do believe it's changing i do believe that's changing in the workforce but i think that it is really um still really imbalanced and i yeah. think it's really really unfortunate and still a big wound and so um you know it's funny i told debbie the other day i had a dream the other night that I came in front of a, a, a figure who I used to work with, a male, um, and we saw each other as soul to soul and not as who we are in this life, and it was perfectly peaceful, yeah. and I felt like I had a healing in my sleep that I didn't even know that I needed, and you know, when I, I think one of the ways that you know when you're caught up in the fear of the patriarchal thing um, is one... Are you in? Are you have you developed a male persona to survive? Mm -hmm. And is that male persona stressing you the freak out? Yeah, <laughs> 100%. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I've seen mm -hmm. so many women who are really powerful, they're really powerful, and probably their divine feminine is really powerful, and they don't even have language or knowledge of it. But, but even when I'm in my 20s, I would, I would get to know women like this and work with them who um, had just gone totally male to make it and I thought man if you only could channel that back into your feminine yeah. um, you you're just like a powerhouse and I was guilty of it as well mm -hmm. um, and, but I think when you are experiencing that stress it's the sign mm -hmm. that really I'm very powerful in my feminine and I'm really powerful in a place of balance and I've got to find a way to swing the, the pendulum back yeah, I love what you said about the um, dream experience. I'm a big dream teacher. I've always believed in healing through dreams and on the astral. But um, about that soul-to-soul -soul connection. And so for me, the practice, when I come up against somebody that's fully in the patriarchy and just looking at me in, in my peon role as they've put me into in my box, is, okay... Number one, where's the triggering coming from? How am I triggering this person? How are they triggering me? And then what is that divine place behind all of that? And generally what I see is fear and sadness. And so one of the great gifts that I have now of being able to see into people's energetic structures is I can look past all of the BS that they've put up, the persona that they've put up, and see into their heart and see what's truly the wound that is creating this patriarchal structure that they have you know made for themselves mm -hmm. and I think it is about seeing across that and looking for the divine in everybody and not dehumanizing each other not putting mm -hmm. people into boxes not putting labels on them and really truly connecting at a heart place mm -hmm. and then as soon as you do that some of their walls and barriers come down and it's amazing to me how quickly the energy between two people can shift. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to get them to do anything. Mm -hmm. You can do your part to really see them, and then that energy can totally shift. Mm -hmm. She's good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you good. <laughs> you know, uh, one of our psychic friends who we love so much, Aurora Gabriel, mm. She um, and we talk about her a lot. She's in Woodstock, New York, and she said to me one time, she said... We were talking about somebody in particular, and she said, this soul came here to learn how to manifest the masculine fully. That mm. was what they're learning. And you came here to learn how to manifest the feminine. <laughs> and so when you guys go in front of each other, yeah, it's war. It's, it's You don't mix. You know, there's you're, you're exactly uh, rubbing each other the wrong way. Yeah. 
And, but I do, I love um, just the t practical tools that you've given, you know, because even in conversation, you're at a good neutral, this conversation, you're at a good neutral teaching place. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I can feel where I'm still, <laughs> still polarized, you know, which is fine. I mean, you know, we're human beings. And so when we do this show, I'm sure there's psychologists or counselors that are like, Oh, but she really needs some therapy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's just what you're it's working honesty. on. Yeah, yeah, it's what you're working on. And I think being authentic to that is wonderful. And, you know, hey, I have my moments too. Like, you know, I'm in a place of wonderful expansiveness and neutrality right now, but tomorrow I may not be. So it's just <laughs> right. important That's to right. have that awareness of what's going on with you and saying, okay, for me, it's about how much of other people's energy is in my space. Because the way I yeah. talk about energy is it's not good and bad. It's their stuff versus my stuff. Yeah. It's like having a thorn in your hand, right? Eventually, it's going to become infected. Mm -hmm. So you have a unique resonant vibration. And if somebody else's stuff is in your space, then it feels yucky. And that's when we get emotional and we feel sick and tired. And so to me, those boundaries and knowing that and having that awareness is super, super important. It's so gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And we're all learning that yeah. all our lives. I mean, you know, there's no spiritual person that could belly up to the table and say they have a grip on that. Mm. You know, that's really mm. what the whole lessoning is for so many of us. What is, what, where do I start and end? <laughs> where do you start and end? And where do we intermingle? And mm -hmm. what is healthy here? Yeah. Type yeah. Of, type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a beautiful dance. So will you please just tell our listeners um, about your website sure about what all you do mm -hmm. sure yeah and we only have eight minutes okay for that good. Part. it's good it's good to give me a timeline for that. actually there's, actually there's like seven minutes seven minutes okay um, and and you mark it to go <laughs> yeah so what you do, how they can how they can find you, and some of the events you have coming up. Awesome, yeah. So um, zenwithincoaching.com. So I'm all about bringing people zen within. That's my thing. Um, so as Kendall mentioned, um, my husband and I do sound healing workshops. So if you want to come be with us in a group setting, we have a ton of stuff coming up. There's one this Sunday, the 17th. Um, there's some happening in Mooresville in October. So go to my website and all the workshops are on the right-hand side. You can sign up for them. A lot of them sell out. Um, I do mix a lot of stone and sound together. So crystals are here, I'm convinced, to help us raise our vibration. And I like to combine the two. So a lot of my sound work now involves that. And then for my one-on-one -on -one work, um, I can tap in and, and kind of read you in present time, give you some answers about where your next steps are, and most importantly, find those traumas in the body. And then what kind of sets me apart from other psychics or intuitives is that I actually will go in and perform the surgery to remove that and help you clear it. So there's awareness and removal. So people experience huge shifts in those one-on-one -on -one sessions. And then I have a six-session program that happens over three months called my Spiritual Self-Healing Program. And that purpose of that program is really to help people learn these tools themselves. So I'm happy for you to come to me and let me help you heal, but I really, really, really want to teach you how to do it yourself. So um, in that program, I teach people about how to run energy, how to clear energy, teach people how to be good manifestors. I teach them how to heal old relationship traumas and wounds. And so that's done over a three-month period one-on-one -on -one with me. And it's very tailored. You actually get a meditation practice that you practice in the weeks between sessions. So it's very much guided visualization and meditation. 
education base. That's three months or six months? That's three months over six sessions. Yeah. Over mm -hmm. six sessions. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. Yeah. So those are kind of the programs that I'm offering now. Um, I've got lots of ideas to have an online academy and all kinds of things coming down the pike. Um, but yeah, so go over to my website, zenwithincoaching.com and check out all that we have to offer. Um, we're really excited, my husband and I, to be offering more sound. Fall is my favorite time of the year, and it's a great time to get sound healing and therapy into your system and start to release and prepare for winter. So, yeah. Is that short enough? You did it. <laughs> record time. Record time. Elevator speech practice from corporate America. Yeah. <laughs> Katie, thank you so much for coming today. Yeah. Uh, you know, you you are, um, when we see you out in the community, it's just so refreshing to see somebody that so communicates so clearly and has such a vision for um, changing the world, but not like, you're not way out in an unattainable place. Like people can get right with you. And that is, that's just so gorgeous. And you've been, you've supported us in our opening and we just wish we didn't live so far apart. <laughs> Although, let me say, I'm just a wimp about driving. I mean, we're just talking about two different sides of Charlotte. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I like to do everything within five miles. But, I can understand that. Yeah. Well, we can't wait to see, you know, where your journey is about to take you. And we know that you'll just remain such an important part of the Charlotte spiritual community. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah. I'm really excited to be diving deeper into this with everybody and sharing more and more with people. And, you know, I think it's going to be real interesting to see how my, my corporate life shifts and how I can bring this into corporations as well. So I would love to talk with people about that if they're out there and want to discuss that more. So thanks very much, guys, for having me. Wonderful. Yeah, we look forward to growing with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're Thank so you. welcome. And so um, next Wednesday, I just want to talk about real quick who we have coming on the show um, Kristen Vincent, who we met at the Wild Goose Festival, is going to be talking with us about um, prayer beads from around the world and this crazy calling that she got from the divine that was like, uh, guess what? We need you to work with prayer beads. And she's like, what are you talking about? And they're like, yes, absolutely. And so now she works with prayer beads and um, she will be calling into the show next week. And then we have Mimi Sherman, who's doing our mindfulness and meditation adult program here at Lighthouse um, that starts in the 21st. The 21st, yeah. Mm -hmm. And she's going to come on and talk about that. And I, I kind of fell in love with Mimi. I thought if I need, that's somebody you want to learn about mindfulness and meditation mm -hmm. from, including Katie Jo. She's got a whole a whole nother twist on it. So <laughs> thanks, you guys, for tuning in to the Spiritual Charlotte podcast. We will pick up this fall with a lot more shows, and we look forward to uh, moving towards show 100. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.